I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. This is our final episode of The Movie Lovers. And for this episode, we talked about a couple different ideas. Of course, we'll be talking about this being the last episode and and talking about the podcast in general much later. But in terms of what to do for our final episode of The Movie Lovers, I first tried to throw it to the audience for ideas. Twice. And I got no feedback. Twice. Which may be, you know, reason enough for us to close up. (laughs) But I also... You know, you you came up with an idea also trying to bring it up to you. And your idea was to review a movie and our all-time favorites movies that we have in common. But that movie, the only one that we have, surprisingly, in common was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And we decided not to do that. But one thing that we have done with this podcast occasionally is try to champion films by women. What are known as F-rated movies. Movies that are written, movies that are directed by women. Maybe even both. And way back early on in the podcast, in episode 13, we took our first crack at making a list of our favorite F-rated movies. We were very excited about that episode. We took it very seriously. But it was back in 2017... When IMDb added the term to its listings, its keyword searches, thus popularizing the term that was coined in 2013 in Bath, UK, by Holly Tarkini. I think you can hear, if you listen back to that episode, there's some confusion. A little bit of us trying to really uh, be confident with what it means for a film to be F-rated. So as such, we fucked it up. <laughs> In short, there is five. I know for sure there's five entries on your list that are not actually written or directed by women. And I think the same could be said about my list in that episode. They're not written or directed by women. So we thought, well, why don't we, since this is something that is important to us and we've tried championing in several episodes throughout the podcast history. Why don't we do this again? Why don't we do it right as our lasting impression? Our favorite F-rated movies. One more list for the road. So, Shanna, I sent you all the needed materials. You did most of the work for me. Thank you. Mm. (laughs) Another reason to close up shop. (laughs) I I'm I sent you <laughs> I sent you episode thirteen. We also did our favorite F rated movies of the decade. Somewhere around episode ninety. I can't remember exactly which episode. I sent you that list. And I sent you a a pretty thorough list of every movie you have seen that has been written <laughs> or directed by a woman since twenty twenty. So that way, you had everything at your disposal to do this right. Man, I hope I didn't fuck it up. I was going to say, (laughs) did you meet the challenge? I'm starting to like second guess myself. Mm. So once again, for the last time, as always, we will give you a list that not only gives you an idea of our taste in film, but hopefully exposes you to some titles that you may have heard of. or never heard of, and uh, an opportunity to catch up with them. We will point out to you if any of these movies are available to stream on a subscription service. Basically none of them are. (laughs) Well, speak for yourself, young lady. But the ones that we focus on are Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney+, HBO Max, Netflix, and Paramount+. Plus. Yeah? All right. Uh, Most movies you can find available to rent, at the very least, on Apple or Amazon. But in terms of 
being able to get access to a movie for free, we'll let you know. I will say that most of these movies I looked up and uh, over the last month because I was like, oh, I'd like to have that. Oh, I'd like to have that. And a lot of them are really affordable. So if you still have your DVD player, mm. mom and dad. Or um, Blu-ray player. Yeah, whatever you have. Like, I think it's worth it. Like, one movie on my list was 10 bucks, mm-hmm. and another mm-hmm. one was 14 and I looked this morning, another one was 20 Like, mm. that's totally reasonable. All right. Well, let's get into your list. I don't think we really need much preamble here. So dive into your 12th favorite movie written and or directed by a woman. My number 12 is a new edition. It is from 2020, Zola. A stripper named Zola embarks on a wild road trip to Florida. Well, and lots of batshit crazy stuff happens. It's fascinating to watch. It's based off of a Twitter thread. Yeah. So super cool that they took something like that and developed it. It's directed by Janixa Bravo. It's based on the tweets by Isaiah King. And I, I find this film v- absolutely fascinating that not only from, from what it came from, but how the story keeps you on edge the whole time. And this like back and forth. It's not really it's not really a friendship, but you'll learn more as you you know watch it. But it's just it, the relationship is bizarre and fascinating to watch. And that is not available to stream, unfortunately. But if you want to buy it, I think this is the one that I bought for like ten, twelve dollars. Hmm. So that is Zola from twenty twenty. So, as is often been the case, the one number twelve spot was a difficult one for me for this because I feel like there's three or four movies that could have taken this spot. I decided on a film. That is directed by Clea Duvall, co-written by Clea and Mary Holland. It is 2020's Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Mary Steenburgen, Allison Brie, Dan Levy. Also, Mary Holland stars along with Victor Garber and Aubrey Plaza. I really fell in love with this movie when I saw it. It was during the pandemic, so I believe it got shifted to Hulu. It's available on Hulu still. And uh, I, I did fall in love with it. I uh, The cast is one reason. It was also my first real exposure, I believe, to Dan Levy, who I thought was fantastic. And Kristen Stewart doesn't get an opportunity to do very many rom-coms or any comedies at all, really. And I, I really enjoyed her in this and Mackenzie Davis. It's just all around a cast I, I greatly enjoyed. And it's just a very enjoyable family holiday movie. And it it it, it, it is also kind of doing some things that we don't often get to see in holiday movies basically normalizing uh lesbian relationships and and stuff like that and so uh, i think it's 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 really lovely and great happiest season available on hulu directed by clea duvall and co-written by her and its star mary holland my next one is First Cow from 2019. I wondered if that yeah. was going to squeeze on there. I yeah. know you're a big fan of this film by Kelly Reichardt. This is a great film by Kelly Reichardt. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I thought it was, you know, we were having conversations with friends the other day, and uh, our friend had mentioned, you know, that she can't do a, a story from a male's perspective because that's not what she is. And I just thought that. You know, it made me think of this one, this movie, because it's just such a sweet relationship. And I don't think we would have had that had it been a male director. This is about a skilled cook who has traveled west and joined a group of fur trappers in Oregon. Uh, And he finds a connection with a Chinese immigrant also seeking his fortune. And soon they collaborate and they really help each other on this business journey. So Mm. it's a great entrepreneur film. 
It's a great period piece. Period piece, what to do if you have very little resources, mm. and and just a really supportive relationship. Definitely one of the best of its year. Yeah. So that is First Cow by Kelly Reichardt. My number 11 is kind of a, uh, a unicorn when it comes to the purposes of making these lists. Because what movie is this? I, I, is the first movie maybe ever? Definitely a long time that I've come across that is available on four subscription services, four streamers. It is available on Disney Plus, Hulu, Paramount Plus, and Amazon Prime. So one of those has got to apply to you, dear listener. You can watch Bend It Like Beckham from 2002. This film is directed by a favorite of ours, Grinder Chada. It's co-written by Grinder and uh, Guljit Bindra and Paul Maeda Burgess. It is about a two about soccer players, and this was a very early role for Kira Knightley. It also stars Parmenter Nagra in one of her best roles. And Jonathan Reese Myers, Anna Palmkair, Archie Punjabi, an early role for her. I believe she's wonderful in it and more. And I think like Pernanagra, she plays a character who's really torn between her family's values and expectations and traditions and her passion and desire to play football. Uh, Soccer to you, stateside people, uh, but it's it's a delight. You are a stateside people. <laughs> yes, I I am. Yes, yes, but most of the world sees this as football, except for us. But um, it's just an enjoyable movie. For some reason, you'll see it in the kids section in the DVD section. I don't know why. Why? It's it. I don't really see it as a kids movie. But uh, it's 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 really great, really enjoyable, absolutely a feel good movie, and I highly recommend it. Obviously, because it's my eleventh favorite F rated movie. Bend it like Beckham from two thousand two. My next one is The Lost Duel, and it qualifies because of who co-wrote uh, it. Yes, yeah, co-wrote it, and that's Nicole Hall of Center. Yes, great director too. Yeah. I, I just, I love this film because we're seeing it from three different perspectives. So this is based on a true story, actually, of France's lost trial by combat in the Middle Ages. So not typically something I'm drawn to. There's a knight, there's a friend, and there's a, you know, fight, I guess, about a wife uh, after the wife accuses the friend of raping her. And... We get to see it from three different perspectives. We get to see the husband's perspective, the friend's perspective, and the absolutely fucking amazing Jodie Comer, her character's perspective. And I just thought that it was so beautifully written because you've got these three different characters, two men, one woman, and the stories are very different. And when you put them all together and then you've got to figure out where's the commonality and stuff like that, it's, it's just super interesting, super interesting exercise. That is an excellent film. I think that was a greatly underrated film mm-hmm. directed by Ridley Scott, but with Nicole Hollow Center's touch in there. I uh, think her segment in particular is the str- real strength of the film. All right, so my 10th favorite F-rated movie. You know, this selection and, you know, the past couple, we're, we're talking about movies that just were outside my hundred favorite movies of all time, as a matter of fact. This film is from 2017. It's a French film by Coralie Forgit. It is one that we've talked about a few times in the podcast, one that we championed. It came out, or we saw it's not long into the podcast existence. It is called Revenge. It is a thriller, I would say. I forgot about that film. Nice pick. Thank you. Starring Matilda Lutz, Matilda Alana Ingrid Lutz. Uh, as I said, Fargate uh, directed and wrote the script here. It's about this, this woman who goes along with this guy on his 
men getaway way out in the middle of nowhere. It's like a hunting getaway, and things go horribly wrong and quite graphically wrong. It's a hell of a movie. It's a firecracker of a film, and it's one hell of an experience. Not for the squeamish, I would say. There's some very graphic moments in this mm-hmm. film, but I think in some ways it's it's probably a very satisfying experience for some people too. So I highly recommend if you haven't check out Revenge. Matilda Lutz. I would like to see her in more things because she is excellent in this film. And I'd like to see more work by Coralie Fargate also. That is my 10th favorite F-rated movie. Awesome pick. My next one is technically available on Peacock, which apparently we're technically paying for, we just found out. So I'm just throwing I that mean, out there. Sort of. But sure, sure. It's not a platform that we have ever included or talked about. Not really, about. no. This is never, rarely, sometimes, always. A pair of teenage girls in rural Pennsylvania travel to New York City to seek out medical help after an unintended pregnancy. Uh, it is directed and it is written by Eliza Hitman. And I just want to see more work by her. It looks like she worked on two episodes for a Peacock show. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll try to go check that out. But I think she's a brilliant director, brilliant writer. I think that she just has this way of really showing the female experience. And in this movie, you get to see a bunch of different experiences that these two girls go through with just a little like i think it's like over three days Mm. anything like a lot of what my friends and i have experienced uh growing up you can say hey that happened to me like at least three times and i just i find it so fascinating and it's all condensed in such a unique succinct way so that is never rarely sometimes always by eliza hitman Best movie of its year, by far. My next film on my list is very much not as sincere as some of Shanna's picks. It is, <laughs> but it is no less enjoyable. And I'll be very surprised if it doesn't show up on your list, Shanna. It is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn from 2020. This film released in theaters just before the pandemic went down, and I think that pandemic did cut into its box office greatly, as it was just a couple weeks before the pandemic uh, fell. Kathy Yan directs, Christina Hodson writes, Margot Robbie, Rosie Perez, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett, and Ella J. Basco star making this a triple F-rated movie. Ewan McGregor is the villain, along with Chris Messina, Ali Wong, and more. Uh, This is just everything I wanted and hoped for in a film focused on Harley Quinn. It's a great introduction to the Birds of Prey, such as this makeup is. I really wish there was another film even if it was just following the Birds of Prey themselves, mm. I found this film greatly satisfying. We reviewed this film on the podcast. Look for that episode. Yeah, I just absolutely adore this movie. Birds of Prey from 2020, available on HBO Max. An awesome pick. My next one is The Woman King. This is double F-rated. I want to say triple because it's two female writers. Does that count? No, it's What's triple the... F-rated because it's directed, <laughs> written, and stars a female oh, lead. Oh, okay. Well, then we're triple. <laughs> we're very much triple here. We're tripling it up. It's okay. <laughs> so it's only been six years to, or so oh to get a handle on it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, and it's uh, written by Dana Stevens and Maria Bello. This is such a fantastic film. It stars Viola Davis, Tusum Mbedi, Lashana Lynch, Sheila Atim. Uh, we've got John Boyega for a little bit there. And uh, that's, I guess that's where I'll stop because it, it just keeps going on. It's a historical epic inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa. 
in the 18th and 19th century. It's such a great movie because we never see the perspective of this time period from indigenous people to the African continent. Uh, we always see it from like, I'm a slave owner and I'm going to go get the slaves and they're going to go with me over here. Like, And then we see maybe a war here or a war there. And I just love this story because it really gives us a different perspective. I think that all the characters are beautiful and strong and amazing. I have talked a lot about this film in other episodes. So I think I'll just stop myself mm. because this is also one of um, uh, our son's favorite films. Mm. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're one of your favorite movies of last year. Yes. For sure. I, I was very upset that it didn't get any Oscar nominations whatsoever. Mm. So it totally deserved nominations. Yeah. You definitely Gina Prince Bythewood's uh, best film. I would say my eighth favorite F-rated movie is the first to land on my favorite movies of all time list. It is a movie that we have championed since episode 13 of this podcast, a very little scene film written and directed by Zoe Lister Jones. It is band aid. Band-Aid, starring Adam Pally, Fred Armisen, with appearances by Retta, Hannah Simone, Ravi Patel, Brooklyn Decker. This is the movie that we've mentioned before a few times about a couple who decides to turn their fights into music in order to work through them. And more is a small film and a very amusing film with great music also that helps and goes a long way please 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 if you discover one movie i think from this podcast although god damn there's a lot of movies <laughs> we've talked about and it'd be a shame if you only discovered one movie but if you're going to discover a movie be let it be band-aid from 2017 my next one is from 2019 the farewell a chinese family discovers their grandma has only a short while left to live and decide to keep her in the dark, scheduling a wedding to gather everybody together before she dies. That is a great film. That's a, that's an awesome pick. <laughs> Starring Shizen Zhao, Aquafina, Exmayo, um, who have we got yet? Zima, mm. Diana Lin, uh, and there are there's just so many people in this film. It's directed by Lulu Wang and written by, and this is. Her true story mm. <laughs> that she's writing and directing. It's an A24 film, right? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. I just, I, I, it's such a relatable film, not only to like, you know, if your grandma is your person or it's relatable in that grandma's my person. It's relatable in I'm an immigrant. I go back to my homeland, visit, things have changed. Nothing's the way it used to be. You're talking about how it relates to you. Well, anyone. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm talking about... I'm very confused because it actually sounds like maybe this relates to you. I'm talking about me personally, actually. But uh, there's a lot of things for you out there to, like, relate to during this film. Mm. And just also, like, cultural differences to Western practices as Mm. well. So that is The Farewell. My seventh favorite is from 1995. It is Clueless... Available on Paramount Plus. Another of my 100 favorite movies of all time. Thus, the rest of the list, actually. This is the one that is written and directed by Amy Heckerling, loosely based on adapting and modernizing the story Emma, starring Alicia Silverstone, Brittany Murphy, Stacey Dash, and more. Dan Hadea plays Cher, Alicia Silverstone's father, he is brilliant in it. Well, Sean makes an appearance. There's there's a great cast here all around. And, you know, this this movie is, oof, what, 27 years, almost 28 years old now. Oh, boy. I still remember watching it in the drive-in. <clears throat> and 
it's it holds up really well while also still uh, you know it, it's fascinating because we've come to a time when the 90s look dated and it's it, it, it will depress you if you grew up in the 90s. Well, that is true. It'll certainly depress you if you show you, son. It, oh, it, I, it did. It did. But it'll make you laugh, and that will be a salve for the depression that you'll feel. But no, it's a brilliant film, brilliant script, great performance by Alicia Silverstone. It's iconic. And it's one of the greatest movies of the 90s. Clueless is my seventh favorite F-rated movie, uh, triple F-rated. In this case, Paramount Plus is where you can find it. All right, my next one is Booksmart, directed by Olivia Wilde and written by Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, Susanna Vogel, and Katie Silberman. This is such a great film. I just love it. It stars Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein, who both are doing really good since this. Well, they were doing good before this movie, but, you know. Caitlin Dever especially has been in a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, on the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realize they have worked and they haven't really played. So they decide to go to all the parties, all the things that happen the night before graduation. So it's a wild ride. Lots of funny things happen. We watched this with Logan when he was 15 and we realized very quickly, oh, maybe we're just like a hair too soon. Hmm. Yeah, with this it one. Maybe like right before he experienced high school and stuff. Yeah, but so freaking fun, so funny, and still stays grounded in like relationships and misinterpretations of people. Yes. So mm-hmm. I love it. Book smart. Go check it out. All right. Halfway point through the list. My sixth favorite. We return to one of my directors I previously mentioned. It is Bride and prejudiced by grinder chada co-written by grinder and paul maeda burgess based on jane austen's pride and prejudice it's like an updated english indian version uh, kind of a cultural clash as well as the class clash that jane austen introduced it stars Ashraya Rai Bakchan, as her name is now, because she got married. Uh, Anupam Kerr is back. You have Naveen Andrews making an appearance. Martin Henderson's one of the leads. Daniel Gillies, Namrata Shradkar, Indira Varma, and so many more. Alexis Bledel also makes an appearance. I really enjoy this movie. It's a musical, by the way. That is the big part about it. Maybe my only musical on the list. I'm not sure. That is such a great film. That's Songs from that film get stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. It has a great songbook. I love it. It's enjoyable. It's beautiful. It's colorful. It's vibrant. Uh, Ashraya is gorgeous in it and irresistible. Yes, we all know this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... If you, man, yeah. So, Bride and Prejudice, I recommend checking it out if you can find it. It's uh, from 2004. It's my sixth favorite F rated movie. All right. My next one is actually available to stream. It is on Disney Plus Turning Red from 2022. Mm, I had a feeling once I sent that on the list, that would probably be on yours. Yes. A 13 year old girl named Maylene turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too it says excited here but really it's 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 emotions across the board mm. so this is directed by domi shi and written by domi shi julia cho sarah striker and it stars rosalie chang sandra oh ava morse and i could keep going but i'm just going to go ahead and stop there uh I'm still looking. James Hong makes an appearance. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. This is such a great story about friendship, about kind of discovering yourself at this age and pulling the kind of ping pong feel of pulling away from your parents so that you can go out and discover who you are. And I just, I love it. A lot of it is relatable. The best scene is when the mother thinks that the daughter has her first period 
<laughs> Lots of fun stuff happens in that scene. Something happens with the dad. The mom is going crazy, getting prepared here. And, you know, obviously it's all about the panda. So, so great. Cannot recommend it enough. Turning Red. My fifth favorite F-rated movie and one of my favorite movies of all time goes back to the 90s to 1992's Wayne's World, available on HBO Max, uh, directed by Penelope Spiris, I believe also written by her, based on the characters from SNL, starring Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, and a lot of people, includes Tia Carrere, uh, Rob Lowe, the list is long, actually. Mm. This is a movie that was very much like of the culture of the time in its references, in its humor in its jokes. And yet it still to this day makes me laugh and is highly quotable. I, I, I adore Wayne's world. It was a, it was an absolute cultural moment in the early nineties. It, it revitalized Bohemian Rhapsody, repopularized that, that song. And it did, it did a lot. It's one of the best SNL movies ever made. I love it, even though my millennial child doesn't get <laughs> ha- most of the movie, uh, and it makes me feel like a dinosaur. I love it. You can check it out on HBO Max, Wayne's World from 1992. All right, my next one is directed by Sarah Pauly. Uh, it is also written by Sarah Pauly and Miriam Taus, oh. uh, based on her book. And... It is from 2022, Women Talking. Oh, wow. That's, that must be your favorite Sarah Pauly movie then, huh? I guess it is now. Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. This is what women need to come together and discuss. Uh, they are on a particularly isolated religious community, and they need to figure out what is going to be their next move. You know, if you can go into this film not knowing much about it, Mm. it's much better. Yes. Uh, But really, it's a film with a lot of dialogue between women of different generations and different experiences. And I think like the best part is them not only talking to each other, but also listening and acknowledging what they have to say. Uh, There's a lot of forgiveness that happens. There's as I said, acknowledgement, and I just, I absolutely loved it so much. Uh, That is Woman Talking. My fourth favorite F-rated movie is, I think, the oldest movie on my list, and it is the only movie I believe on my list that was directed by a man with a script written by Nora Ephron. It is 1989's When Harry Met Sally, Mm, mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite romantic comedies, one of my all-time favorite movies, starring Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher, and Bruno Kirby, principally. This is the film that I've I've talked about, I know, numerous times. I don't know if it's ever ended up on your list, Shanna, but I know I've talked about this movie a few times. Asking that question, can men and women really just be friends? These two people, they meet on a road trip from their college days. And they kind of drive each other nuts, but they keep running into each other in their adulthood over the next decade or so. And uh, off and on are there for each other. Billy Crystal is hilarious. He was on a roll here. Uh, he made an appearance in Princess Bride a year or two before. And he did this film. He did City Slickers. And I think a couple other things. He was great in this time. This is Peak Crystal. And this is Meg Ryan, one of her best rom-coms, her most charming self. And she has a very famous moment in this movie as well. It's been quoted but uh, yeah, it's it's and of course Rob Reiner was in on a streak too. Nora Ephron would eventually start directing after this film as well. When Harry Met Sally from 1989, my fourth favorite F-rated movie. I think it did make a romance list for me. Okay, good. At one point, then, yeah. 
You, you, then, then I approve. You, you have good taste. <laughs> wow. So uh, that that film has grown on me. Like I have to watch it a couple times because it, it's sometimes a difficult watch. Mm. Um, you know, I just have to get used to it. It's one of those for me. My next one is directed and written by Emerald Fennel. Aha. It is, okay. yep, promising young woman of 2020. It stars so many wonderful people. Uh, we've got Molly Shannon, Connie Britton, Christopher Mintzplus, Laverne Cox, Jennifer Coolidge, Sam Richardson. I'm always happy when I get to see him. Alison Brie, Bo Burnham, and it stars Carey Mulligan. This is about a young woman who was traumatized by a tragic event in her past, and she seeks out vengeance for those who um, were involved with that trauma. I absolutely love this film. Everything about it is just stunning. The story, the characters, the cinematography is very unique. I love Carrie Mulligan's character. I, th- I think that everything about this film was pretty perfect. I think when we reviewed it, there wasn't really any faults we could find with the film. Uh, everything was just so pleasing to the eye when it came to like the costume, the sets, the color palette. And I think it had to be that way because the subject matter we were dealing with was so difficult and yes. traumatizing. Yes. And so it's just interesting how they balanced that. Uh, and Vengeance, I love Vengeance movies. So this this made my list. Promising Young Woman. My third favorite movie I thought would likely end up being my number one on this list. I believe it has been number one on other lists. It is the third film on my list to be available on HBO Max. It is the third film on my list from the year 2017. It is Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins. Yay! With a script written by Alan Heinberg, who I believe had a run of the Wonder Woman comics. Story by himself and Zack Snyder and Jason Fuchs. This movie is almost... Perfect. Almost perfect. It was a film that meant a lot to a lot of people. Even myself cried in moments in the theater watching this film. Gal Gadot exceeded my expectations of what she was able to bring to the character of Diana. Chris Pine stars Lucy Davis. Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen, Danny Houston, Dave Thewlis, who I think is miscast, Saeed Tagmawai, Ewan Bremner, and more star in this killer DC action comic book movie. So unless you've been under a rock for the past decade, you are probably familiar with this film. Wonder Woman from 2017 available on hbo max is my third favorite f-rated movie Uh, my next one has been mentioned already from 2020 it is birds of prey ah my number two this is your second i was wondering if it would end up being your favorite or not but i'm not surprised at all it's in your top three (laughs) i would be shocked if it wasn't yeah you've already mentioned this uh for me this film was it was just it was so good because It's great to have a female character in this fantasy sort of world where she's completely un... un, What's the word? Hinged? Unhinged. Inhibition free. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because sometimes... Yeah, yeah, sometimes I I wish I could have a healthy dose of that, you know? Mm. Just healthy. Not insane, because obviously she's to the extreme. But that's why I'm so attracted to her and her story and how she's dealing with people around her. Yes, she's insane. And sometimes what she's doing is completely like, what the fuck? Mm. But it's also, you know, if you're familiar with the character through the Batman show, a lot of it is understandable, actually. And I just really love it. The costuming, the cinematography, the characters. It's not just about Harley. We get to see Canary, and I loved... 
I love the execution of Canary in this one. I loved Renee Montoya. I thought that she yeah. was just so freaking fantastic. It was great to see Helena Bertinelli uh, the way that she was because... Ma- played by we... Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. What were we watching? I think it was like Green Arrow. Yeah, probably Arrow. I do not like that interpretation of uh, that character mm. at fucking all. But this one, I was like, I love it. I love it so much. Like, of course, if you grew up with, you know this trauma of your family being murdered in front of you and then you're being raised by like what three three assassins Mm. like you're going to be a little awkward around women (laughs) it's like it's just so fun and makes sense and then we also had uh so it's black canary harley quinn renee montoya helena burton lily and uh cassandra kane was so cool and victor saz was just creepy as fuck but yes I I love this film. It is available on HBO. Birds of Prey. My second favorite F-rated movie is a movie that may not even occur to a lot of people. May occur to others. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is 1999's The Matrix. Available on HBO Max by the Wachowskis. Very exciting. The only great film in that series of <laughs> films i know there's divisive opinions about the various different sequels ultimately none of them come close to this film which was lightning in a bottle it's absolutely perfect it could have been its own thing at the time i remember there was potential of it being the new star wars the new saga the new hero's journey in sci-fi and all the different things it did not quite live up to but still some excellent world building, some excellent philosophy and pop sci-fi, some extraordinary visuals. This thing is, is, is legendary, this, this, this film, this classic. This film is, was ripped off for many reasons. Uh, and, and that's just what happens sometimes with great, great movies like this. The Matrix, my second favorite F-rated movie, uh, you know, there's a lot more to it than just Kung Fu. I recommend try to really analyze it uh, if uh, on your next viewing of the film. It's on HBO Max. All right. My number one shouldn't be a surprise. It is Band-Aid from 2017. Excellent. Which... Was this on your 12th favorite of all time? And if so, where was it on that list? Yeah, I believe it hit number three. Okay, so it is your third favorite movie of all time. Yes. Wonderful. And it it hit the F-rated list first. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it does not, I am not not having it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you um, love this immediately, all the way yeah. back to episode 13. Yeah, this was such a great movie, such a surprise. Zoe Lister-Jones just has this beautiful way of telling stories. And now I'm like, what is she working on next? <laughs> she just came out with a series available only on that one streaming uh, Roku. Roku. You have to have the oh. Roku device in order to see it. And it's called Slip. Right. Yes. She's been heavily promoting it on Instagram. Damn it. I want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I can't sign up for like well, 10 need- days free and right. then remember to not let it keep going i can't do that that's how we got stuck with paramount but anyway (laughs) back to band-aid yeah i i just i love band-aid i love what they're dealing with the less you know the better uh all you need to know is that it's a couple trying to get through uh a difficult time and they're fighting and they realize they're fighting they're super conscious of it and so they change it after um a therapy session with an awesome therapist who was the therapist again isn't she from, like, Parks and Rec or something? No, it's Wanda Sykes, I think, right? Uh, oh, no, that's Retta. Retta plays the therapist. Wanda Sykes plays the therapist in something else. Yeah, Retta is amazing. Wanda Sykes is in Bad Moms. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I I love that. I love Fred Armisen's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to know more about him and his world and his trauma. Because he seems to more or less be dealing with it in a healthy somewhat way. Mm. So we're not just getting exposed to, you know, the married couple dealing with things in a healthy way. But we're also, you know, getting exposed to other characters too. Uh, And there's lots of funny little moments. Zoe Lister-Jones, as I was saying, is just really good at writing everything in a really fun, unique way. 
And I can't wait to see what else she comes up with. So that's your favorite F-rated movie. Oh, I know what yours is. Mm-hmm. 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 It was my sixth favorite movie of all time. Are you are you saying that because you, you want to take a guess or what? Is it A League of Their Own? It is 1992's A League of Their Own. Yay! Directed by Penny Marshall. It is a script that was written by Kim Wilson, Kelly Candale, and Lowell Gans. I thought Babalu Mandel, Mandel had something to do with it too, but... Uh, yes, yes. Babalu Mandel also uh, wrote the script. Kim and Kelly actually came up with the story, but Lowell and Babalu wrote the script. Penny Marshall directed. This is the the film about the first female professional women uh, baseball league, and back in World War II when all the men were away, basically the. Uh, Baseball fields, the the moguls uh, like Wrigley and all that were trying to figure out how to keep things going, keep revenue going, keep people entertained. Uh, so their mind wasn't always on the war. And so they recruited women to play professionally. Gina Davis, this is one of Gina Davis's most famous roles. Tom Hanks. Lori Petty, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Megan Cavanaugh, Tracy Reiner, and Ramsey Ann Cusack. A really awesome cast all the way down the line. Even Gary Marshall, Penny's brother, makes an appearance here. It is a film that's enjoyable. It's a film that's funny. It's a film that is moving and touching. And it was a film that educated me, for sure. I ended up writing a whole report on the W... What is it? WGBPL or something like that? I can't remember the acronym very well. I have a hard time with that. But I did a whole report on the, the whole league and everything. A League of Their Own. My sixth favorite movie of all time. My favorite F-rated movie of all time. You can find it on Netflix. So... Those are our favorite F-rated movies. Shanna, was there anything that you struggled with keeping off your list? Did you have anything that you almost put on your list? Oh, man. I mean, I don't have the list in front of me right now, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff that fell off, like Wonder Woman, the first one. Yeah, I'm surprised that that wasn't on your list. I considered Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, uh, bodies 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 i thought was really unique but then there were some that i was like don't worry darling just didn't stick the landing so it's not coming and then there, you know there was like the fun stuff like cocaine bear uh shadow in the cloud these almost made your Barb list and star go to vista del mar i'm a little surprised that one wasn't that on one was list. pretty fucking cool yeah you um, love that movie and uh what else almost made it pieces of a woman that was Oof. that was a a really hard film but mm. really important too the assistant also extremely difficult to get through, but also an important one. I expected that one to be on your list, but I also expected never, rarely, sometimes, always to be on your list. So well, yeah, there's you got no one way. of them on there. Yeah, there's no way I wasn't going to have that. Uh, and then things that kind of just like fell off because there's other ones to to watch and enjoy. What what fell camera off person list? was on your favorite list originally? It was your number one. And it didn't even it make didn't it this even time. Feature, no. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's why, you know, whenever you say your 12 favorite films of all time, all the time, always, it's like, well, there's more films coming out. So, yeah. you know, and, and experiences change and mm. uh, all of that. Mm. So what, what, what made it off of yours? Uh, well, I wrestled with Lost in Translation. That. Aww. That I know was outside, just outside my hundred favorite movies of all time, and I I wrestled between that one, especially in Happiest Season, to make my number twelve slot. I went with the the more immediately pleasing movie, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Uh, I'm glad you represented because I considered that one strongly. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. she said was another strong contender for the 12th, but I've only seen that yeah, once. Said, yeah. And I think that's the only reason why it didn't make my list. I think it's yeah. it's grossly underrated, underseen film, uh, as as is called Jane. But she said it's a better film. Uh, and Mean Girls also struggled to make the list. Winter's Bone. X-Men First Class mm-hmm. is written by Jane Goldman. It's made previous lists. Uh, Blinded by the Light, I was like, well, I already got two Grinachata movies on this list. Yeah, I was sad that I forgot about Bride and Prejudice, Mm. but you had it, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So those were probably the biggest contenders, but I did have a list of like 24 movies uh, that I could have made a list out of, you know, I didn't need to narrow down to 12. And, you know, there's just enough movies that's come out in the past three and a half years to really kind of bump some previous entries off Mm -hmm. of the list entirely. So that was my experience. Those are our favorite F-rated movies. What are your favorite F-rated movies? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview.com. But that's not all for this episode yet. Shanna, before we sign off permanently, let's talk about... This being our last episode of the podcast, what what brought us to this point and and you know a little bit about the experience of of this podcast too. You mean talk about it a little calm calmer than last time we talked about it on the podcast? Were we not very calm? I was not calm because oh. I had to go to a shoot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see. Yeah. So we started this podcast. Uh, six, just over six years ago, back in April of 2017. And it was, it was a project for us to do together. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about, about why we chose to make a podcast in the first episode. And it was completely DIY, like I have no audiovisual background. You have no AV background. Basically, know nothing, and still pretty much know nothing about yeah about it any hasn't audio changed. Stuff, right? It hasn't changed, and you definitely can hear that in the first several episodes of the podcast. We're you know? sorry, and and yeah. So we event we first were doing the podcast for most of the run every other week so it'd be two or three times a month and then and then we eventually shifted to breaking up the podcast which had three segments into separate episodes a three episode cycle basically weekly and the thing is though we always did this for ourselves right like we never had huge listenership we never had you know a huge following i didn't really actively try cultivating it really heavily you know try seeking out whatever it is you do to try to grow your following because like you know and 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 i will say we did have followers and it seems like i won't say how many but i will say it seems like on average every follower listen to just about every episode every year on average but that i didn't pay too much attention to the statistics and stuff because all that is ego ultimately and when it gets down to it we weren't trying to turn it into a business so there well i mean if it did that would be nice that would be lovely whatever but this that's another aspect is this is completely self-funded through our own, my own, my own personal bank account. Let's be clear here, <laughs> you know, and and so like this is my our personal time, all that sort of stuff. It was really all just for us. The entire venture was just for us. It was a way for us to bond. It was a way for, I mean, we we always it was bonded. a way for lady to get extra cuddles. Mm. We always uh, bonded over movies. We always talked about movies and stuff. But, like, it was one of those things that was recommended to us 
to do is just put it out there and put our thoughts out there and see if anybody else likes or agrees or appreciates or whatever. And it's just, it, but mostly it was something for us that we enjoyed doing. But I've pretty much known since November that the end of the podcast was coming because you had a career change. I had a career change. And for the past six months, it's been a real struggle to get the time to record, get the time to record in a, in a decent amount of time for me to be able to edit the the episodes thoroughly and it's just it's just been a real uh struggle and uh, and and honestly i think for you it, it becomes this thing that you have to try to squeeze in when you have a whole lot on your plate as is and my work schedule doesn't really help with with making it easier so yeah we're running into a lot of like not being able to align our schedules Mm -hmm. issues yeah and so that more than any other reason is what 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 has led to this moment of of us ending the podcast i figured 175 was a, a solid number to end on i didn't think that i could justify us stretching another 25 episodes beyond that for a solid 200 episodes and I think also when I started playing this, we were too close or around 150. So it was too, it would be too abrupt <laughs> for me to say, okay, 150. So yeah, I've been planning this for a while. I do the programming. I figure out the episodes and, and the schedule, what we do. And so I figured, okay, well, this will be the one. I thought like announcing it ahead of time might build some buzz around it. But again, we don't have a, a big following we don't have a big listenership and that's totally fine for me i think if anything i have the files of the podcast if for whatever reason i stop paying to support it on rss feeds for people to be able to listen to via soundcloud stitcher apple and spotify i have the sound files and someday when i'm gone my son, my kids, my wife will have these files. They'll have hours and hours of foot, not footage, but audio to be able to hear me and hear my voice and my thoughts and who I was. At the very least, there is that. I didn't know you were going to try and make me cry. <laughs> I'm not trying. Like I wasn't like anticipating that. Mm-hmm. When you came to me about this idea, I was like, oh my gosh, yay, you actually want to create something. Yes, I'm all in. Mm. And it's always been lovely. Like one of the first things we geeked out about together was our love of movies and film. Yeah. And after we watched our very first film together, Psycho, uh, oh, that could have been a good review. <laughs> anyway, it was nice because the first thing you did after we watched it was, what do you think? And I, I just, I remember that moment so clearly. Mm. And every time you say it to the people listening, I think you're talking to me. Mm. <laughs> and so I have to remind myself, no, he just heard everything I had to say. <laughs> so Well, and also this has been a journey for you too, because... To be honest, I was much more literate and informed in, in the history of film and stuff than you were when we met. And this, mm -hmm. like, one of the things we did in this podcast was to go through year by year or decade by decade through, uh, through time in film and count down our favorites. And for you, that, that was quite a journey, right? Yeah, it was such a fun exercise because it's films I never would have come across otherwise. You know, just the other day for my birthday, I was watching the producers from 67. And man, I, I don't think I would have been exposed to that film had it not been for you. And it is one of the funniest films I've ever watched. And 
you know, that you even going now for like your decades list mm-hmm. is I'm still getting exposed to stuff that I wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. Like the one with they're on the boat and it's like a scam. I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. He's like a I can't remember what he does, but he's like well known and all these women are like female gazing him. <laughs> Like, it was really funny. You don't know which one I'm talking about? Uh, no, not just based on oh, that. Oh, damn it. There's like a snake or a spider or something, and she's worried that it's in her room. On a boat? Yeah, they're on a boat. No, I don't remember. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Do you remember who stars in it? Obviously not. <laughs> okay. All right. I apologize. Anyway, so I just, I love that I still get to go with you on this journey anyway, and mm. This isn't really the end. It's just like a pausing at this point in our lives. And it could be something else one day. Well, you know, there are a couple of When episodes. I have ample time available. Look, look there's, <laughs> there were a handful of episodes that were so horribly recorded that they're inaudible. That, you know, maybe there's a possibility that we could occasionally... Uh, like re-review those movies and and oh, record cute. them and 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 do kind of like a movie lovers revisited of of those handful of movies so you you can actually hear our thoughts rather than have it blaring in your ears to an un, untenable extent. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, that's all me. That's all me. Not knowing what the fuck I'm doing and trying to figure it out as I go. But you know, we've had. 175 episodes, regular episodes, 17 bonus episodes. We've done 114 lists individually, making a total of 228 lists, plus 17 other joint lists that we did for film faves. That alone, even though there's a lot of repeated picks, that's around... 2,750 or so movies that we have talked about just in the film faves segment of this podcast. That's a lot of movies to try to expose people to, you know? Mm-hmm. And and uh, even though we don't have thousands of people who listen, hopefully the ones who did, the ones who did follow, the ones who did stick with, hopefully they were... You know, just ten percent of that uh, twenty-seven fifty were new, you know, new gems, new favorites, new exposures to them to whatever degree. If that's the case, then you know that's that's a great thing. But I will say that for myself, I am still going to be writing on the GibsonReview.com. I've always referred to that website. That is the main hub of everything. I'm still going to be writing pieces on there. Um, uh, it's not going to be a weekly or a daily thing for me because I have a freaking life and a freaking job and, and, and it is not writing for movie or about movies, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but you will still see stuff there. You will still see activity and participation on Instagram, especially you'll still see bracket polls on Instagram. I will still be active just you just won't hear my voice you might even get lucky enough to i now i have a little bit more time maybe i'll do a live every now and then but i won't be gone completely even after this podcast is but apparently i will so this is an exit interview for shanna (laughs) well you know as always they can follow you on instagram shanna paxton photography and who knows, maybe even book you if they happen Aww, to have Oh, honey, you're so sweet. <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to say about the podcast? Any final words, any lasting impressions you'd like to leave? I didn't as we know close out? that we were doing that. So I will say it's even though I gave you a hard time sometimes, it has been lovely recording with you. It has been great creating this sort of archive of what we think about movies if anything for our friends and family mm. and to well just... you know none of our friends actually care so let's for be our clear family, <laughs> my parents only jumped on 
uh-huh. a few episodes ago. <laughs> so mm. it's like... It just took six years. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, your parents finally <laughs> took notice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we appreciate that they did. Just be clear. Thanks, Mom Thank and you. Dad. Thank you. We love you guys. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, and happy Mother's Day, Mom. So I've I actually really enjoyed getting to spend extra time with you. I think there's definitely a shift that happened after my accident because mm. of our setup. I don't know why we just didn't buy a new setup. We should have just done that, and it would have been more pleasant for it's me. It's called money. Don't. It's called we're not. It's called funded. go get a credit card if we're it's n- causing you pain and you want to keep going. Well, there's other things that we had a credit card for, but sure. we don't have sponsorship. So here's what we I'm, don't have okay, crowdfunding. I'm trying to give my message to the people. Sorry. <laughs> but this is why we didn't buy equipment. Do not suffer. Like, it's not worth it. Mm. It made me so moody and mad at you whenever you wanted to record because I was in so much physical pain. Mm. I think if people are going through that, if there is a way, if there is any way you can like lessen your pain via equipment, just get the fucking equipment. It's not worth it, you know, otherwise. And I really like that you still like to hear what I have to say about movies, honey. Even well after the mic goes off. Aw, that's so cute. <laughs> Always. Thanks and, for recording with me. Well, thanks. I should be the one thanking you. Cause you just <laughs> basically showed up every episode, you know, and, and you know, dealing with me insisting on the schedule and, and trying to be very consistent with the schedule. And, and when your schedule was chaotic and, and you had a lot on your plate and, or you were just not feeling well because of your your car accidents and having a tough time and still you know having to show up and be here for the schedule and and even if it's just for us ultimately uh, I appreciate you putting up with all of that thanks lovey you ready to go I suppose so so now as I mentioned before Shanna, remind people where they can find you online. You can find me on Instagram at Shanna Paxton Photography or on Flickchart Spellbinding A. Where are the many places people can find you? There's only three, but the one that matters the most. It feels like 30. No, no, no. <laughs> the one that matters the most is the GibsonReview.com. Bookmark that page. Check in. There will be new features over time on there. I will write features. I will continue my favorites of each decade series and film faves. Uh, you will find things in film faves tab and the reviews and features uh, tabs. I promise you. Also, in order to be alerted of those things, sometimes it helps to be connected on social media. Facebook.com slash the Gibson review. Or if you prefer Instagram, the Gibson 99. We do bracket polls there, and we've been doing your favorite TV shows decade by decade, leading up eventually to an ultimate bracket of your favorite TV shows. We just finished your favorite TV shows of the 90s at the time of recording. Your favorite TV show of the 90s is Seinfeld. Keep a look. Gibson 99, you'll find a bracket there of your favorite uh, 2000s. TV shows. Feel free to participate in that and other future bracket polls. I usually say uh, what will what you can look forward to in the future of movie lovers. But now, you know it's it's what you can look forward to on the Gibson review. Um, Yay! Hopefully, you know. Feel free to comment or say hi on social media. Let me know if you've read something that uh, you found interesting. Or if you came across something that you otherwise wouldn't have heard of or seen. And keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye.